It's the Sod Pod. Brought to you by Grassland Agro. The Sod Pod. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Sod Pod. This is episode nine of season two. I'm joined with Claire, Lauren, and David Corbett. David had the privilege of being out in Lanzarote there last week. He's a beautiful glow on his face. He's smiling from ear to ear. Davey, how did that go for you? Very good, Jim. Very good. It was actually Tenerife. Um, chest is beautiful. It's tough, tough come out of it. We had uh, 28, 29 degrees. Chest is having the worst. Worst part of the holiday now was watching Claire play Kerry there in the Munster final. That, that, was, that was hard going. Yeah. Everyone else was uh, absolutely majestic, though. <laughs> At least Small Ball is back for you anyway, Davey. Uh, small Ball is back. She is well and truly. Yeah, Munster's going to be a bloodbath now. Yeah, uh, war for now the weekend. Yeah, it'll be tricky because they'll surely bounce back. They were very poor again, Cork, weren't they? Mm, they were, they were. But ah, look, she's clear, clear. It's only win against Limerick. Uh, she's to no yes. harm. It was barely due. Barely, barely due. No phones lost, Ratton, uh, Dave, on the holiday, Ratton? No, no phone lost, or Ratton, or, or, no. Not report on that front. But no alcohol influenced phones <laughs> lost. <laughs> and Lauren and Claire, issue four of Out the Gap, your monthly newsletter. That went live there last week as well. How did you find that and what did you discuss? Um, yeah, James, um, this issue we're talking about mental health with the workplace and around yeah. agriculture. So just kind of diving in, we had our own company wellbeing day there. Um, so we had in two lovely, uh, two good speakers, and we we're just kind of talking around the importance of it with agriculture, and just just even starting the conversation is very important, and yeah. getting people just talking just is very important. We found um, from the two speakers we had. Yeah, I even love that you finished that article off with "Protect yourself as you were number one." It was just a great little thing. Be aware of yourselves, guys, and mind yourself. And and I really commend you. It's a tough topic to cover. But we need to talk about it more, not only in the agricultural sector, across society as well. And fair play to you, it's a lovely read. And there's some great little links at the end of that as well. If anyone wants to kind of just suss out some little things and, and watch some triggers and, and help themselves going forward as well. So well done to ye on that. And that's on our website, www.grasslandagro.ie. What's happening in farming today out there, guys? This is always May. It's always a funny month. Maybe a bit funnier this year. Great grass growth back in January and February. You know, there was there was uh, prime conditions. And by God, have we paid for it since March, April. And here we are in May. And uh, I don't think there's been two days in a row without rain at the moment. So uh, what's the thoughts? Any advice for guys out there and ladies? Yeah, yeah, no, James, it's been tough. Um, look, we've spoken about it it a good bit already but look grass utilisation has been poor and there's been very little fertiliser spread uh, for most of March and April there was a tiny bit of a window there and that's when people probably got out with fertiliser when they could and look I don't think the forecast is even looking great at the moment but I suppose what we want to kind of to into now at the moment is that uh, silage is just around the corner and we're coming into our peak grass months uh, May and June so if we don't capitalise on those peak growing months we'll have massive issues um, down the line and potentially 
uh, next next winter we could have a, a forage crisis. So I suppose at the moment what we want to do is just um, kind of turn our focus to silage, uh, try make good quality, high quality silage. And I know some farmers will be tempted at the moment uh, to maybe go for bulk. At the end of the day, like silage is what makes up six months if if not plus uh for the majority of annual feed so we want to make some um bit of good quality silage so yeah. where that's a matter of maybe picking a few areas now going for the quality rather than the bulk and then later on um going for going for the bulk then after that so at least we have some good quality uh silage in the back of the pit yeah it's a great point Arlen. like the way the spring has come and into the into the start of the summer, like it's it's very challenging. And we talked about the the mindset of farmers and well being and 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 mental health, and it's it's I suppose at the forefront now more than ever because so much has happened and there was so much stress on farm. The weather came good, uh, late spring came very poor. There was very little forage on farm, and and I think that's worrying for a lot of farmers now. Look, looking into the and, and and forecasting forward. So look, it is it's it's very important. And look, I, I think it's just be aware of the farmers you're going in and talking to, and farmers talking to each other. And if it's industry going in in on farm, just be aware of maybe how farmers' mindset might be because look, it it, it has been very very challenging. Um, but look, I suppose just in terms of grass growth at the moment. Like we're probably similar enough in terms of grass growth com- compared to what a five-year average would have been. Where next week we're probably going to hit maybe seventy, mid seventies um, on on fairly highly stocked farms. Demand is probably is probably at where um, growth is. So you know we're we're kind of on on the happy medium there. You know maybe growth is probably a small bit ahead. But um, look, that, that is good. Um, I suppose what's going, maybe going to happen in the next two or three weeks, it, it's promised fairly broken, but if temperatures start to in, increase a bit, there will be a massive um, driving growth there. And we might just talk about it there in a few minutes, but that can maybe lead to a, a few more issues. Um, and if we're not kind of, if we're not thinking or, or managing those issues at the moment, they can be probably problematic now going, going forward. So... Mm. But look, just just in terms of growth, like it is, it is you know fairly good at the moment. Um, grass quality is is very good. Um, but it's just maybe trying to trying to tease out maybe a few problems that might be on farm there at the moment. Exactly, and David, as you're mentioning there, like the growth is going to surpass the demand. Um, it's climbing as week and week, as you're saying, the temperatures are going to increase so you know getting out and even just walking your farm you might need have to measure the grass um all your paddocks but even walking and understanding what paddocks are getting ahead of you are going to be too strong so going to go over that um 1300 to 1500 cover of a um, pre-grazing yield for your cows to take them out and get those extra bales as lauren was saying for these six plus months um of a silage uh, demand needed as you know uh, droughts are coming more common and then the back end was wet so the demand on silage is going to be big so if your grass growth is um getting ahead of you on your grazing ground to go and get in there bail it up whatever is possible and um keep those pre-grazing yields um at optimum for mm. uh, good quality um grass for the cows and that's that's a great point there because like there's probably Probably over the next six six weeks now, there, there's a great opportunity there to take off surplus grass and utilise as much of that grass as possible because we're going to see our, our highest growth there probably in the next four weeks, to be honest, like four to six weeks. So, 
Look, I suppose just in terms of what we're doing between grass and agro, like we have a soil sustainability program. Look, there's, I suppose there's, there's a lot of different legs to that. We, we have our core sustainability program where we're doing soil samples, we're, we're doing a fertilizer plan for a farmer, we're, we're measuring silage, um, we're looking at soil health, we're looking at roots. There's a lot of, a lot of different things and we have different products in as well that can help drive sustainability like the mineral blocks and, and helping rumination and get the animal working better. But Look, I suppose just just in terms of the next four to six weeks, if you're not, if, if you feel like you're not confident enough in, in, in managing that grass, get someone in that's maybe going to give you a, a hand or give you a bit of advice. And I suppose we have maybe up in 50 agronomists around the country, um, from the top to the bottom of the country, are all trained in and well clued in in terms of grass. We've had many outings with Chagas um, training days internally, externally, very clued in with grass. So get in touch with one of us and just I suppose maybe just try try to manage that grass in the next week's six weeks as best you can because as you said there Claire, that surplus grass is going to be taken off. That is going to be absolute godsend. That's going to be money in the bank because that's the silage that we're going to feed in the shoulders of the year when cows are milking. So it's it's probably the closest thing we're going to get to, to graze grass are those surplus paddocks. Yeah, just just a few bits on that Dave, like and Claire, we're talking about taking off those um those surplus bales and taking off taking out those paddocks but like the key thing as well into taking out paddocks like that is to have the confidence to do it like getting out like what we're saying is measuring it and actually having the confidence to do it it's very easy for me to go out on someone else's farm or your farm dave and say geez you need to take out those paddocks or come on here and we'll have a little walk but when you're on someone else's farm you're more it's easier for you to do it so i suppose having the confidence in yourself backing yourself that you are able and exactly getting maybe a second opinion um with it but just on taking out those paddocks um when our um, pre-grazing yield gets too high, um, we start um, to lose the quality. Okay, so yes, we are going to feed those bales in the winter, and we're gonna we're hoping to ha- have really good, high-quality uh, forage in the diet. But like a good point that was made during the week was that um, it's still grass at the end of the day, and yes, it's going to ferment and it's gonna it's it's gonna ensoil, but it, the composition of it won't actually change. So if we let those paddocks get too strong and get too high, it's still gonna be poor quality silage in a couple of months' time. The composition isn't gonna change. So making sure that we're not letting it get too high and that we're actually keeping control of the paddocks mm-hmm. before they get they get too strong and taking out those those surplus. Yeah. That's one percent right, alarm because like grass is grass is going to go back, and if you can cut at a at a lower cover or, or you know, at a lighter cover, that that regrowth and that bounce back is going to be much quicker. Yeah. Like if we if we take the growth rate, which is probably going to be at the end of this week, is probably going to be near seventy. That's about that's probably maybe a, a twenty a twenty one day rotation. Mm. You know, and 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 that growth is only increasing. So if we get to if we get to a growth of a hundred. Which is probably not too far away. I mean, we might be t- talking maybe t- two weeks, maybe less. All depends what way weather comes. We're talking a fifteen-day rotation. That's only a two-week rotation. So, like, you know, there, there's a lot of scope there. There's like, grass is going to grow, like, you know. And it, as you say, it is. It is just having the confidence to do it and just biting the bullet. And I know, like, when you're not doing it, it, it is hard to maybe. You know, it's, it's it's hard to bite at it and go at it, but like they are going to be the small wins that, that are going to make the difference at the back end of the year because, look, the biggest problem at the moment is that 
forage is, is probably on, on the lower side on farm reserves are down and the other thing and from just from talking to farmers fertilizer use probably down mm. a fair bit as well and, and that is going to have an impact on i suppose the, the yearly growth essentially yeah and spare a thought as well for the contractors and this so like with farmers and the contractors try to keep that open conversation with them because these guys we're talking about mental health we're talking about workload we're talking about stresses that are that are in the game their window is so tight now this year because of this ground condition with this weather condition that's out there as well that they're mm-hmm. going to when this hits bang they're not going to have enough hours in the day to to meet the demand that's out there as well so yeah. utilizing your contractor and having the conversations which as I say the best laid plans weather dictates everything in, in that world as well but trying to keep in contact with them and taking advice and, and, and working with them as well that if you, you you could be in a situation where you've got two lots of ground and the contractor's only time for, for one of them you know yeah. as you try and be, be ready for that yeah. and be prepared and, and be ready to go well I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to sacrifice this side for that side I'm going to have to do a plan B and a plan C as well just to yeah. be aware of it and keep visualising you know sometimes, uh, sometimes uh, now I know I'm kind of biased in this but that's <laughs> okay too we have, we have a hatred against the contractors but like it's funny that you say that James like, I was actually talking to 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 Leeson uh, yesterday dad and um, he was actually only just seeing himself like because all the, the kind of gears kind of getting pulled out now and like we're only barely finished sowing spring barley like you know when there's yeah. spring coming now there's Everton coming at once and uh, he was only, he just commented and said, Jesus, I am dreading this side of season. So, like, yes. contractors are dreading it as much as farmers are dreading yeah. it, like, you know? Yeah. So, um, yeah, no, it might be a tiny bit biased and that, so just be nice to them. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> just for, for reference, Leeson is daddy. I <laughs> know, <laughs> uh, 100% though, like, and it's... Like it is becoming more spread out, I suppose. Years got by, there was just the first quarter, and there was no surplus basement cut, and it was just it was the first quarter, maybe second quarter, and that was that was it. Like to you know, but look, I suppose that's that's how that's how um, I suppose specific or how how well managed our farms are, are becoming. But like I suppose maybe just going on from that as well, Sarah, is is the is maybe the disease point of things, and probably one of the biggest diseases on farm. And, and and what is going to be more and more prevalent now in the next few weeks as well, as grass growth increases, is, is actually a nutritional disease. And and one of those is PICA, and, and that is going to become more and more prevalent there over the next few weeks. Exactly, David. And we're kind of like right and smack down in the middle of uh, the breeding season. And as you're saying, as this grass growth picks up now, the amount of minerals and um, composition in the grass might be a little diluted. So as you're saying, the PICA there, uh, deficiency in, in phosphorus, um, so you want to keep an eye out for it and um, try and manage it um, because phosphorus would be very important now for the breeding season and getting those cows back in calf and getting them holding as well and um, getting stronger heats. But then having the cow to hold as well um, phosphorus plays a massive role in this. So try not to have uh, too much of a deficiency in phosphorus. So maybe if you go back and you, again talk to your the agronomist and say you look at your soil results and if the phosphorus is low and even if the indexes in phosphorus are high in the soil there could be still a potential for a phosphorus deficiency as these growth uh, grass growth picks up so just to look out for it um, and again talk to the agronomists again such as using a phosphorus block to try and just um, 
minimize or um, fill the gap between the grass and the demand for phosphorus in the cow's diet. As I think over the last number of years has become, it's always a thing, right? But I, I've just found maybe since 2018, it seems to be becoming more and more prevalent. Or maybe we've become more and more aware of it. But like the triggers I've been seeing, Claire, you, you've mentioned phosphorus. Obviously, low sodium is a factor as well. And, and one of the other angles there is just poor room and health. You know, and like they're kind of three of the drivers that seem to be, if you can manage that phosphorus, sodium and the health of the cow's stomachs, you have a chance here as well. And just keeping visual on it because it is, it's a big problem. Yeah, room, room and health is an issue at the moment, James, because dry matters are, are they're probably low co- compared to where they would be usually for the month of May. Like we're, we're probably in around 13, 14% dry matter, which is, is relatively low. So a lot of low dry matter and very leafy grass going into cows. And, and the issue with that is it's just running through the cow uh, very quick. They're not. So like we, we like Claire, you talked about peak and phosphorus deficiency. Like there's absolutely no point putting forage into an animal if it's just going straight out the back of them because they're, they're not getting the opportunity to to get the goodness out of that forage, get the get the energy, the protein, you know, those minerals, and the, and the most important one at the moment is phosphorus. And we probably didn't mention why phosphorus is important at the moment. Cows are are at are they're they're thereabouts now peak milk production. That is very very phosphorus hungry. The other thing at the moment, and and the other big one is on farm is, is the breeding season. Cow is absolutely no good to us if she doesn't go back in calf. That is absolutely fundamental because we need her lactate and. Um, next spring again. So if we don't get a cow and calf, that's just supposed to last last profit on the yeah. farm. Like so, we want to get a cow and calf first time. Um, so that phosphorus is very very important for that for that whole cycle. And like what Claire was saying there, if we compare soil fertility, so we were talking about an index three. We we'll say a, a soil that's an index three or R four for for P where we want it. That's perfect in the month of January or February. We take that soil sample but we have very low growth rates at, at that time. And if we compare to what's happening now, we, we have grass growth, which is 10 times higher now compared to where it was in, in the month of February. And when you have 10 times more grass growth, you're just going to have 10 times more dilution. So that's that's the problem in the forage is that all the minerals have just been diluted down and there's not enough coming into the, into the animal. And there's plenty of research showing that even on index threes and fours, that there's not sufficient P going into the into the animal are, are not sufficient P in, in the grass. So supplementing is, is going to be is going to be very, very important. Yeah, and exactly when when an animal is lacked mineral like that, that's when what the first thing they go for is salt. Salt is what helps transport those minerals around the body. Um, it's the same with ourselves. So uh, getting something that's uh, is sodium based will really, really help. And our own plug our own version of that, our calcium phosphor high performance mineral block. Um, is brilliant for that, 9% fast inclusion, but it's also got the digestive aid in as well, which helps with that function within the rumen as well. And, and it's brilliant because it's regulated on sodium. As you said there, guys, they can't overconsume on sodium in almost all cases. The animal knows when he's enough sodium in the system. And the mineral makeup within the calcifos is balanced for the animal itself. So it's just uh, mm. an extra benefit there. And there's other alternatives. There's boluses and there's all sorts of things like that. And David, you'd often talk though about changes in farming and changes in feed. Uh, and it's to try and transition everything. Never mm. shock the system with a big change. It's it's all about smooth transition. So no, that that's that's exactly it. And like feed on farm is changing every day. And and the biggest reason feed is changing. And we talk about feed, I'm talking about grass. 
the biggest reason for that and the main reason is is, is the climate. Um, the other thing maybe that, that is going to have a, an influence is is kind of the f- physiology of the grass. So like come come mid to in May, you now grass is going to start heading out. There's going to be a lot more uh, fibre in the grass. It, it's probably not good in a pr- on, on terms of a production side of things because it's like more fibre is, is not is not really ideal for the tank, you know, in terms of protein and energy. But it is it is important for the animal because they, they need a certain amount of fibre. And we talk about the animal. The, the microflora and the rumen, uh, the, the microbes that are in the animal, they are literally driving that animal. They, they are the engine of the animal. So we need to get them working. Probably the, 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 the number one issue at the moment is low dry matter, probably, and not not a whole lot of fibre going into the animal. And, and that's why that's why things are, are that's why it's like a war zone inside the parliament every cows are cows are shooting you know, inside the pit. And and, and that is that is the problem at the moment. Probably another one there, Lauren, um, is is with sheep uh, and skull at the moment and and just <laughs> you thought you call yourself the guru and we'll, we'll give you that one but probably back to the climate again another like the, the, the biggest dictating factor in everything yeah geez i'm going to take my opportunity now when john rockland's not here because he absolutely detests them he'd be rolling his eyes at me like he's actually unbelievable but <laughs> yeah no look there is um just on on the road and on farm, there is issues with uh, scald at the moment. And like what you're saying, it's the perfect climate conditions for it. That kind of wet, lush pastures, that's kind of when scald kind of comes into play. And I suppose when... When we have that damp conditions and uh, especially in lambs, you might be doing a bit of creep feeding at the moment. You might be supplementing because the the grass quality isn't that great. We have targets to hit and stuff. So I suppose that's when we get kind of that whitish or red inflamed sores or, or lessons in between the two di- the back digits of, of the, the hoof. And that's caused, I suppose, especially around those troughs because we, that's the the moisture is there for the bacteria to to kind of grow in and and flourish. And I suppose the issues with scald on farm is it's probably one of the three main issues with 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 lameness. But I suppose what happens is it's kind of the start and the start and kind of stepping block that can cause foot rot. Um, and I suppose what happens then is we have a massive issue um, and we we can start to lose lose thrive. But I suppose if farmers are coming across um, issues with scalds at the moment. It's a tricky one because a lot of sheep farmers um, um, might have blocks away from home and they might not have the facilities to get the, the animals in. But I suppose um, treating them straight away, there is um, an anti, antiseptic sprays that you can get. And then I suppose after that, you're looking at a 10% copper sulfate uh, foot bath or maybe a 3% formalin uh, foot bath. But I suppose that's when our cases get kind of over that that outbreak of maybe the 5% is when we kind of have an outbreak. But yeah, just keeping an eye on it um, at the moment because if we reduce the body condition score of those cal- or of those um, lambs, um, we're going to reduce our growth rates. And that's the last thing we want now at the moment, especially with um, the, the grass quality not being as good as we would like. So yeah, massive issues uh, with scald at the moment. Yeah, and I suppose with that as well, Lauren, like Joe, with scald, it's it's probably a it's it's kind of a storm with probably mild and and damp weather that's I suppose causing scald. Another issue maybe and something to think about going forward, especially <coughs> coming coming in probably January now. It's going to come is the register in, in terms of animal remedies, but maybe just trying to be proactive this year now in in, in getting a plan in place. But um, worms and fluke and that, and just the the use of antihelminthics, like so. 
I suppose that's maybe just something to think about at the moment. It's it's probably going to come to the fore now as well in the next few weeks. Like you know, um, you know, animals maybe have been out now for for you know, a month, maybe three weeks. Um, so you know, farmers might be thinking about about going dose in there maybe next week or two. Um, it's probably just something religious religiously that was done. And look, I I would say maybe maybe take take a measured approach at it. Like there's plenty of visuals like you would see animals maybe being a small bit watery or scuttery out the back. That that can like dry matter and, and and just maybe very lush grass can play a part in that as well. But maybe doing a fecal egg count um will be will be a, a very important one as well. And that is a great indicator of, of where where the animal or, or a group of animals is at. Like and I suppose just in terms of maybe what we have to offer in that space is is the nutri V fight. So it's I suppose a, it, it's a block with antioxidants and without getting into, into into too much detail, I suppose what those antioxidants are doing is just helping to reduce i suppose the the impact that those pests or the 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 fluke or the worms are having on the animals so it's just it's it's not allowing them to develop and multiply w- within the system i suppose everything that we do within grass and agro um look we are what i suppose we're doing a lot of follow up with it and and we are making sure that what whatever product we are selling on farm that it is working and farmers are are, are getting the reward or return on it so like in in terms of the neutral v fight I suppose what we're doing, any farmers that were doing it, and, and we've had very, very good results. And um, it, it, I suppose it was something that was was that definitely took off big time for us last year. But what we were doing was was actually doing fecal egg samples or fecal egg counts for farmers. Um, so if a farmer was uh, was using the the that, that neutral V fight block, we were going in, we were going in maybe a few days before the farmer was going to dose. Take take a dung sample or a shit sample, send it off to the lab, and see what that count was. And that is going to be our best indicator in in, in terms of where those animals are, are at. And look, it is very important that we are bringing that farmer's vet on the journey with us, so that 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 I suppose everyone knows what's going on. Yeah, we have a great video of David. You were involved in at that time as well with Martin Keaton. That's uh, it, on the yeah. V5. Yeah, 100% James, up in, up in Westport and probably uh, yeah. a, a weighted farm and has a, has a good worm burden and, and got on very well with it. Well worth a look, um, just maybe to get a better understanding of, of, of what what it is. And we can share it on our socials there if anyone wants to have a look exactly, at it. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's a brilliant job. Um, just one thing to mention there, uh, I'm banging on it there again, but um, there's massive um, uh, antibiotic re- resistance within um, sheep at the moment, or dosing, sorry, so, and I suppose at the moment with the weather, there's massive, um, this is key times for the for worms. So it's a nematode virus. It's basically a worm parasite that um, hatches annually. And basically it's last year's eggs that have had cool conditions over the winter and now start to warm up. And this is when all the eggs hatch. So what happens here is um, we, we get massive issues with um, worms in the sheep. And I suppose the best way to kind of keep an eye on that is that the Department of Ag have released um, basically an nematode virus forecast. And normally it's kind of, it's it's I think it's actually later in March to the start of April. And just to keep an eye on that, um, normally what, the, what you'll do is you'll dose two weeks later and you'll go with maybe a white drench. But maybe the option would be to introduce these nutri-V fights to kind of pre- prevent that resistance um, to those doses um, because it's a massive issue within the sheep industry. Yeah, brilliant, Lauren. And Claire, just one last point. Obviously, within our own soil sustainability programme, it's in its third year now. It's going really well. It's where we take soil samples, uh, we build a fertiliser plan, and we, we walk with that farmer through the whole process. We follow the whole year around with him as well. 
you know, so when when we do an arrangement with a farmer, we're with him all year long, following the growth rates and following the season and advising as we go on. But right now we're in in the depths of cutting way. Many a year when we're doing cutting ways, we're out in the shorts. This year there's still the old rain jacket going around and the other umbrella. But what sort of data are we seeing so far, Claire? And what's the feedback on the ground? So yeah, um, with, uh, as you're saying, with the sustainability program, um, we follow right through the season. And at the minute, it's silage season. Um, so all our the agronomists are out. Would any farmer that um, is cutting silage, so you're going and you're going out and you're getting the yield of the silage and then you're also looking for the nitrates and the sugars which are very two very important key um, indicators of how well your silage is going to ferment and then also you're able to see with the yield you'll say how much you're pulling off and so you're going to see also what kind of peas and k's you're taking off the land as well so you know when you go back again in with your fertilizer plan they're going to spill to advise the farmer again what possibly is needed to go back out on the uh, back out on the soil and keep that soil fertility ticking along and not depleting the soil. Um, but I suppose there's a, a variance, I'd say, in what's been coming off, like, you know, wetter land or drier land, you know, the, the yields are a bit different. But I suppose the main thing is trying to get it cut at the right time, getting, keeping that quality um, correct and keeping those sugars high while trying to keep the nitrates low. Yeah, it's brilliant. And and just for reference, we have 50 agronomists something down the country. We work hand in hand with the Chagas model of cutting way. And I suppose possibly the grass expert of Ireland, uh, John Mayer in Chagas, brought us through another uh, uh, course on grass measuring recently as well. So, like, you know, our guys know what they're talking about because they work closely with Chagas and with John Mayer and, and, and sharing best practice and how we move forward. So, like, it's it's always great to have all these skill sets and expertise. And remember, this isn't about good news stories. This is about reality checks. If grass is back, we need to look at that and we need to advise going forward. And if grass is going strong, where do we go as well? And we talk about cloth, all the stuff you talked about as well, which is brilliant, you know? Yeah, and, and in terms of the silage there, James, like there's, there's probably two things out that are, that are probably ticking away at farmers. Like uh, quality is, is, like it's always first and foremost, but quantity is, is something that's probably going to, is then in, in the back of the farmer's head now at the moment as well, just with yep. the way the spring came. So, just trying trying to get a happy medium now between the two of them. Look, grass is growing to grow. Um, like the sooner you cut your silage, the quicker it's going to bounce back. You're you're not going to lose, I suppose, any grass growth or, or production. Mm-hmm. So just keep that in mind. I know you're talking about another cut, but look, you're you're probably better off to, with two quality cuts rather than you know, one one poor quality and another good quality. You know, so yeah. Just keep keep that in mind, like. I know look, we're, we're doing the cutting ways and the, the sugars and the nitrates, but look, most, I'd say nearly every Chagas office is doing them as well. So if a farmer is going cutting, just take, take a scalp of grass and bring it into the Chagas office and they can do the nitrates and sugars. Claire said it's an indication of where your quality is going to be there at the, at the back end of the year. That's great, folks. Claire, Lauren and David, thanks for a great episode, a great insight. Mind yourselves out there. Farm smart, farm safe. Hey, thanks for listening to the Sod Pod. We hope you enjoyed it. To find out more, head over to www.grasslandagro.ie or check out our social channels Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube. That's all for this episode. See you next time.